Hello and thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it and we appreciate a lot of help from a lot of people uh, all throughout this journey. So we've got a couple of shout outs we're going to make here. The first shout out being to Beck Sutton, the graphics designer who is designing our logo. Uh, she is the creator and owner of Primal Studios, which can be found on Facebook. Or if you go to primalst.com, you'll be able to find her work there. And she is fantastic at what she does. Yeah, and the second shout-out we'd like to make is to Andrew Stanton, composer of uh, the song Escape the Oppression, which is the kick-ass song for our intro. We love the song, we love the dude. You can check out more of his stuff on uh, soundstripe.com, where there's plenty of songs by plenty of other artists as well, uh, where you can license for podcasts. So go check it out, and uh, yeah, see what's on there, and see what you can use. Stay frosty. So, we do have another great album to talk about. Take it away. Yes, okay. So, we do have an album by... uh, um, It's called Evangelist, and it's by um, uh, two artists, uh, one called Gavin Clark, and the other is Toy Drum. Uh, They've collaborated collaborated, quite a bit um, in the past. Pardon? They collaborated. They collaborated (laughs) on this album, they did. (laughs) All right. They worked together quite a few times before this album and then uh yeah they made this amazing conceptual album um a bit of backstory so uh, a lot of people what year was it released in first oh yeah sorry so this was released in 2015 um oh, october pardon for romantic days of old yeah, yeah um, killed us all <laughs> it was yeah it was released um in 2015 um unfortunately posthumously because uh, earlier on in the same year Unfortunately, Gavin Clark uh, lost his life. Um, uh, and he had a suicide about... pact with Drum, didn't he? Uh, apparently. Um... So, we're Toy Drum dead now as well. Yeah. Um, but essentially... Um... That's not true. Only Gavin no, Clark no, not true. Not true. No. <laughs> uh, so, Gavin Clark, unfortunately, um, um, you may know him. Uh, if, you, if you do know him, it's from uh, um, uh, TV shows. Yeah. TV shows and films such as This Is England. Uh, in the film This Is England, at the end of the film, um, when uh, the boy's on the beach, uh, you'll hear Gavin Clark's really lovely, haunting voice in um, a cover of uh, um, a Smith song. What is it again? Please, please, please. Let me get what I want. Yeah, please, 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 let me get what I want, which is an amazing cover. Um, and he's also done... Uh, he, he was really great friends with Shane Meadows, and, uh, and he collaborated him collaborated with him in uh, quite a few of his projects also if you're a fan of the this is england tv show i think in uh, this is england 90 one of the songs from this albums one of the songs from this album appears in that show uh, called uh, god's song um and yeah so gavin clark um unfortunately suffered with a lot of drug problems and alcoholism and the alcoholism took him in the end um and this album was a very by all accounts according to Shane Meadows and whatnot, um, this album was very personal to him and he, he worked really hard on it. Um, and uh, the concept of the album, from what I understand, is from the point of view of a preacher who um, gets a bit self-obsessed with within his religion and also gets a bit um, obsessed with drugs and alcohol. 
there's been a lot of um, debate as to whether Gavin Clark is talking as though he is the preacher or whether he's made up this character. I think it's clear to me that it's a bit of both. Um, when you say a lot of debate, do you just mean like the two people who have listened to the album total? Because I've not debated you about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. So um, obviously the album did get a, um, a fairly decent release. And I think it, it topped a couple of charts in 2015. Um, a couple of magazines calling it one of the best albums of the year. But then since and other than that, it's not really had much exposure at all, which is a massive shame because it's a very good album. It was the problem of it releasing towards the holiday season, though, wasn't it? So it's being released towards Christmas when that's when you tend to get a lot of shit songs. The top yeah, charts. Yeah, a lot to do with Gavin had a lot of bad. He had tried to be in a load of different bands. He also quit music, became a delivery man again, and then uh, got back into music. Uh, Shane Meadows was always a massive fan of his music and tried to egg him on. Uh, there's actually a really, really great documentary by Shane Meadows called The Living Room which is about Gavin Clark and about his work as an artist, as a really struggling artist, struggling to get his voice heard and out there. And uh, if you listen to this album, it's a, it's a very good album. Again, from the point of view of a preacher, um, uh, sort of losing his way or becoming a bit self-obsessed. And uh, unfortunately, the album wasn't finished. Um, so there's a lot of work still on the, the floor somewhere. Um, and I wish I could hear where it sort of ended up. But well, Toy Drum had to finish the album, didn't they? Sort of posthumously for him. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot you can hear in this. It's a very deep album. Uh, Gavin Clark had a lot of interesting views about faith, about religion as an organisation. I don't think he... I, I don't know too much about him, and I don't, from what I understand, think he was, uh, like ultra religious or ultra atheist and whatnot but i think it's clear you can hear in this album that he's definitely got a lot of criticism about religion as a business or as an organization and the, and the conundrum between having faith in something or being a part of some sort of systematic belief um which i believe personally you can separate the two and one is very much um more in line than the other and one can be very very much manipulated and in a lot of the songs in this album you'll you'll hear songs about how religion can be manipulated and can manipulate people um not only to to do things that someone wants or also to feed the ego of someone and it can get quite dangerous um me and you both being quite atheists and having quite strong opinions on some would say militant yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing. I have nothing against anyone practicing any form of faith, um, but like Gavin Clark, I do have issue with organized religion or religion sy systematically. Um, if people want to get my opinions, just read "God Is Not Great: How Religion Poisons Everything" by Christopher Hitchens, the late great Christopher Hitchens. The late great Christopher Hitchens, indeed. Yeah. Um, so apart from his stuff on the Iraq War, he was a bit no, out there on no, that. No. Aside yeah. from that, he was good pretty switched on yeah and uh, obviously there's a um i don't know if you um listen to these guys personally but obviously there's great speakers out there like sam harris and um well, who they are they're part of the uh, four horsemen they called themselves which was hitchens dawkins harris yeah and they're very very um seeing themselves as the four great atheists very much against religion um i don't necessarily think uh, it depends on which one you're talking about i mean um sam harris i don't think he's against faith 
not so much anymore because he's gotten quite into some of the teachings of Buddhism, but not again, not as an organization, but as the sort of um, psychological, therapeutical aspects of it. Um, there's also great speakers as well, like Jordan Peterson, whether you be- agree with him or not. Um, he's very much not necessarily anti well he's not anti-religious at all but he obviously has some critical views on it as an organization um and that's kind of where i stand and i think that's where gavin clark stands um the album itself musically is sonically really interesting it's got this deep rock sound with almost like these party um dance influences in the background but also another real sort of sound as well so it sounds I don't want to say spacey because I've said spacey before and it was a terrible, terrible choice of words. But you can sonic. It there's a there's certainly a, a sort of almost a religious aspect to the music itself. Yeah. In the way that it runs. Um. So I'm going to go for a couple of interesting polls here because we always yeah, do this yeah. for every album. So the first one, I don't know how much of John Prashant's solo stuff you've listened to in the past. Um, no, not, not it, too much. I think it was 2009. Might have been he released an album called The Imperium. Mm. which is very much this kind of thing where it's about religion um musically it sounds similar but my other my other polls one of them you're not going to agree with two of them you're not going to know right i'm pretty sure so and i hate to keep harping on about this band but i do love them the indelicates mm-hmm. uh david koresh superstar musically is similar but also it's Blue is this weird theme of religion yeah. um and diseases of england by the indelicates which is more musically it sounds similar um but the other poll i was going to go for and this is nothing to do with music or the lyrics it's more to do with the idea of the concept album or the feeling of the concept album um was black parade by my chem okay i i get where you're coming from in terms of like yeah it's it's a themed album yeah it's more in the sense well is i tend to get sense from this album as much as about religion as well it's a person dealing with their own mortality yeah which very much is Whereas Black Parade is literally a person dying and going through all those stages. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. That's and the, and this 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 that. album and this album does have that. It's it's very much as the album goes on. This character or Gavin Clark, whether it's him or not. Um, I think it's probably insensitive to say it's him. So I'd say this character of the preacher. Um, I think it's sort of semi autobiographical. Yeah. Be how I'd interpret it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this character has this slow descent into. Um, one his own ego uh sort of being um taking himself over almost feeling godlike himself and also um as the album goes on this character also gets more and more entranced with drugs and women um and um finds a way or is thinking of ways of how the two can be combined and how he can get what he wants and how no one will know about it or how it doesn't really matter um uh, because he's so powerful anyway it talks a lot about power it's it's almost it's, it's, it's uh, almost political in that way about how power corrupts and how people in certain positions can think or it's possible to think in a certain way when you're in a certain position to to min- just just really get what you want and manipulate well it's absolute power corrupts absolutely completely yeah now here's I'm not going to say an interesting tidbit, but more just how things mirror each other in odd ways. So I would say this is the possibly the best album that came out, at least in that sort of month, 
at that time. Right. Um, do you know what the next greatest album after it was, which was recorded probably around a similar sort of time? Uh, what, what does that mean? Black Star by David Bowie. Oh, right, so yeah, it was yeah. recorded in January to March 2015 and then mm-hmm. released in January 2016. So it's not parallel of that's also an album where a man is facing his own mortality. Yeah. Very close. Yeah, and, um, and I suppose style of music-wise, uh, it's it's a little bit more in- akin to that as well. And do you want to know the other odd odd thing with it? Do you want to know how many... Do you know how much time separates the two running times of the albums? How much? Two seconds. Oh, wow. That's yeah, a weird Gaff- thing to pick up. Very, very observant of you, Jake. <laughs> I know. So this album runs for a grand total of 41 minutes, 16 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Black Star runs for 41 minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah. But obviously this album wasn't finished, so... Yeah, it could have. It could have run for longer. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so I, I suppose we haven't really talked about genre as much. I suppose this is, it, it, it's hard to put a genre on this album, but my, what I would suggest is, is if you like bands like Kasabian, um, uh, the more rock and roll British scene, then you'll like this too. It's not, it's definitely got similar, in some songs it's got a, diff, a similar sort of bass sound or guitar sounds to older Kasabian songs. But also, it's a lot more deeper than that. It's slower tempo. Um, and uh, I would go for it if you're a fan of Tom Waits. That's a very good pick. Yeah, if you're a fan of Tom Waits and, and you put Which a British I am not. spin on it. No, no, no. But if you put a British spin on it. Um, so an interesting thing, we talked a little bit before this podcast, but I was really unsure whether you'd get behind this album or not, because it's definitely not the sort of music you usually listen to. But I know it's definitely the kind... It's talking about a thing that you find very interesting so i didn't know whether you'd enjoy it or not i thought it was fantastic mm. i think there's it depends so like the way to intrigue me is a have good lyrics song mm-hmm. titles are important but musically is the main thing so if musically you're dull or there's yeah. nothing behind it and it feels vacuous i'm less inclined to like it but this the music was perfect yeah it, toy driven does a great job well, I was I was somewhat hesitant when I sort of found it like toy drum where I sort of usually do like trip hop and things like that. I was yeah, thinking, yeah. oh, this is going to be weird. But the job they do on the album, backing it, is phenomenal. Like they they don't lean into what are presumably their strengths. They go with what the music dictates. Or the yeah, uh, everyone's working really hard towards the themes and um, uh, the atmosphere of this album, and it, it's all it's very much a passion project. Atmosphere and is it, the it right works. word. Yeah. It's a yeah. very atmospheric album. It's somewhat dark. And it is very this, dark. This, yeah. is the, this is the surprising thing. Darkness is my realm. <laughs> the little pixie of light is coming here. Yeah. I think <laughs> I like I like it's got a lot of grit to this album. And what I really yeah. identify with it. Well, I do. I de- identify with it in a lot of ways because I, I do think it paints a, a certain picture about UK culture that does still exist that people don't realise exists. And um, when you say UK culture, you're talking more about the fact that we still refer to ourselves as a Christian nation. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And like, uh, I mean, like day in, day out, you you rarely talk to people about religion in the UK anymore because it's, it's it definitely is not as big of a thing as it used to be. But if you actually talk to people, if you bring up certain subjects, they they, they suddenly get really 
they feel really passionate either one way or the other about these sort of things and um especially religion as an organization in the uk that's what i'm talking about i'm not necessarily talking about faith again i have no issues with faith um and this this album does pick up on issues well not issues with faith but it does pick up on the positives of faith or i do have issues with faith okay yeah purely from one standpoint and again i also get the sense from the album as well it's the hypocrisy of faith yeah so you proclaim to believe in something where you know that the end the end game if you behave badly is eternal damnation yeah but you still act like a complete and utter chub yeah well and and, <laughs> and 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 but that's where i get into the disillusion of it because so one thing this album pulls up on time and time again from this character is it doesn't necessarily matter what this character does because he is so sure that he is going to uh, a perfect place in the afterlife and he'll, he'll he'll condemn others and he'll talk about heaven the concepts of heaven and hell but this character because he's in the position he's in he he thinks he's almost guaranteed to go to heaven well you look at um, song, so it gives, eight, it? An, it, it gives him an excuse pardon song eight the believer i'm never wrong exactly yeah like, <laughs> that's the perfect but, depiction of it completely and also there's another one um like uh no one will ever know uh sort of thing now, and like with that song yeah and this is where my a-level english comes back into play again people with a d better than you fucking plebs i got a b <laughs> did you get a b did you yeah i got a b <laughs> yes be fair you probably turned up for most of the lessons and mm-hmm. did coursework <laughs> yeah those are the things i neglected to do i was too busy like going going out to have for one of my friends to take blood and hold her hand. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> you remember rightly. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Things to I was smoking down at Kesey. I had to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to fucking Mrs. Prince. Mm. <laughs> Droll on about the Crucible for the sixth billionth time in my life. <laughs> well, the Crucible says this. Yes, I know it's about fucking McCarthyism. And it's not an allegory. Don't tell me it's an allegory. Allegory is the wrong word to use here. <laughs> Off. Although I did get to prove my intelligence once in that lesson. <laughs> think wait, wait you were about to say something about no one will ever know <laughs> yeah yeah let me let me prove my intelligence first okay, okay. Uh, so, no she was asking about um she was talking about the religion aspect of um oh, i can't remember if it's the crucible we're doing we were doing faust or something like that mm-hmm. it might be it was faust actually um dr faustus so she was talking about that by christopher marlowe she was talking about that and the whole very concept of pride before the fall came up and i was like well surely that's an allusion back to john milton from paradise lost where it was lucifer's pride and yeah. biggity bam um but then followed up with that it was like hey here's an interesting tidbit i know how to, i know what the word for the fear of the number 666 is it's mm. hexacosy hexaconsexophobia wow well done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've been sitting on that all my life just waiting to get it out there in the public domain <laughs> come on people <laughs> Well, I hope that tangent was worth it, mate. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be known as the Hexacossiites. <laughs> From now on, that's that's my uh, that's my fan group. <laughs> but it's... again, no, like that 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 play actually fits into um this this album really well because no, I mean it's up for debate whether. But yeah, it's up it's up to it's up for debate obviously whether that play or um is pro-religious or anti-religious. But no matter what, the character is so sure and certain of what they're doing and so sure of certain of where they'll end up 
that they use it as an excuse to be as vile or as well they use it as an excuse for whatever they they need at any given time and that's what this character does in this album well, go, go back to sing a picked out then on your notes there have you got have you got the album list written down or have you got it on spotify i've got the album list written down yeah so for no one will ever know how do yeah. you have that spelt uh i've got it's no as in one the what do you mean it's spelled the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, on the album listing I had, it's no one will ever know, but the first no as in knowledge. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last no also being knowledge as well. Yeah. Which would be the incorrect way, grammatically. Yeah, 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 completely. So I'm just wondering how deliberate that was if that was just a spelling mistake. <laughs> no, no, part. no, I, I think that's very, it's, it's very deliberate because the whole point is, especially in that song as well, is the, the point of the fact of this character has this, sense he believes, that. yeah, he has, he has this sense that he just knows something is fact and, and other people just can't even grasp the concept of it. And a lot of the time he's even looking at people, um, I think in that song as well, but he's even looking at people who follow him who are on his side or who believe in him but he's looking down on them and he's going like you have no idea how how much you guys need me because without me everything i know that will happen um that's bad that's going to happen will happen to you and i can save you because i have this uh, knowledge that um that no one else just has even if you believe in what I believe in, you still can't even grasp how wrong you are in your so life. It's a very deliberate choice then on the song title. Completely. I mean, and then like, there's a lot of allusions you can make to um, about cults in this, but I I like to stray away from the cult idea because you could easily listen to this album and go, well, this is a guy who's making a cult and he's a cult leader, and it does very much sound the similar mentality. But I think the whole point of the album is that. No, this guy isn't a cult leader. He's a normal preacher, um, and he's a preacher who's so disillusioned by his by the organisation he's within. Um, I will apologise if anyone heard me take a light and take a breath. I did just burn myself on a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was but, no. I think I think it takes away from what Gavin was probably trying to say, which is like it's this guy is just a normal guy. He he, he is just believes he has access to something that the average person doesn't and he also believes that what the average person does is so sickening and i think it also brings up a debate about going back to the whole cult aesthetic of it it does bring about the debate then do you reorganize religion as a cult well so i think that's what this is pulling i think if you if you listen to this album and instantly go to a cult then you got to kind of think, well, then, so what? how do you differenti- differentiate, <laughs> if I can speak? I, how, how do you make the difference between organisation, organised religion and the church and a cult? Is well, it just even, simply the amount of members and the amount of leaders? Is that the only thing that separates them? It's even the name of the album. So if you think of evangelists, you tend to think of like the cell evangelists in America. Yeah. Or the ev- evangelical preachers who will be like, you know, give me money and I can cure you. But they can't cure you, but you give them a shit ton of money. And they yeah. refer to it as seeds that they sow forward. But that's an acceptable form of religion. Whereas Scientology, for instance, you look at it and go, cult. Yeah, the average person Whereas, looks at it as a cult. Even though it is actually still uh, a, a, a religion, it is nationally sort of 
understood as a religion but so is jedi in some countries as well like this is this is where it becomes quite laughable but um but yeah so and the evangelical aspect is is of course most of us can look at an evangelist evangelist sorry and uh go well they do all of that for their own benefit and all of bless all these people they're so uh they're so disillusioned and they're so in awe of him that they don't realize it's all just going back into his pocket but then that's the point of with this album it's like well you don't realize how sometimes in organized religion you don't realize how your faith um feeds the ego and the power of a certain individual even if they're not necessarily getting something out of it financially uh you have no idea how much power those people have and 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 what they do in their free time i mean this character um obviously has a lot of people who who believe in him uh, who also have a lot of faith in him and he at certain points in the album he calls upon people to get um certain benefits of that but also in his spare time he will um go get hookers or he'll go into drugs which i'm not saying is a bad thing but i'm sure those people who follow him wouldn't agree with that sort of behavior and then on the flip side later on in the album he looks at people who do those sort of things and says they're going to hell and when jesus comes back in the uh, rapture um i hope that he looks at me and, and realizes how he's different from those people even though they're doing the exact same thing well this is where my comparison to david Koresh superstar by indelicates come up yeah. is that whole that's a, again a concept album about david koresh who if people who don't know he was the uh, i think it was the branch davidian church he was leader of in america um who were set up in waco yeah and that ended up with you know the siege of waco by the atf yeah but you've very clearly got a structure at least in the beginning before we get to the atf raid and um the oklahoma city bombings and things like that on the album um he talks about koresh or Simon and Delicate and Julian Delicate talk about Koresh and his progression in how, you know, he uh, screws a minister's daughter and things like that. He does these things which would be typically seen as immoral, mm. despite preaching morality in himself. Yeah. Which completely. is that dichotomy of you can justify your own behaviours if you've got a belief system which you can justify it with. Well, yeah, and it's, it, they, I think sometimes, um, this is my own opinion, of course, but I think that when you get to a certain position where... Every, so many people believe what you say is right you start to also think anything you say is right and everything you do is right and you put yourself because it's it's a loop you fed them they believe you and then they'll feed you in your belief in yourself and then you start to put yourself on this next level of humanity where well you the, sort of the same yourself. rules yeah the same rules don't apply and um and of course i'm not saying this happens to every single person and i don't think gavin is saying this happens to every single person who's in a uh, higher position in any church or any religion but it's definitely a possibility and i think that's the argument is if, if something's so possible that it's happened so often and it continues to happen so often shouldn't we look at it um well you go back to roman catholicism and um you know the scores of children who have been abused by the roman catholic church yeah and how that's been covered up over the years but they still preach you know right and wrong you go to heaven or hell and hell is for anyone who sins or doesn't take communion you know so yeah there's always been that that sort of split personality of religion of we'll preach 
we'll preach from the pulpit we'll tell you what you have to believe but much like the pigs and animal farm yeah we believe that all animals should be equal some more equal than others yeah it's yeah it's a concept that's i think it sort of transcends religion in a certain way if we if we take the animal farm interpretation because it could then be applied to communism dictatorships anything like that as well but religion seems to be the best the best way of viewing it through a kaleidoscope i think so i think it's because um it's just because it's not necessarily no i don't know how to put it it's It's harder it's harder it's harder to put these same criticisms to um uh, a, a government or a um uh, any form of really really important sort of organization because we've still not worked out how to do that correctly in well, any form and that's still an experiment whereas religion has always claimed to have the correct and ultimately right way of working well i um, think we're also viewing it from a 21st century eye as well so we i would say for us like we've never experienced religion as being the ultimate or the all-being whereas no, yeah. if you look centuries past obviously religion very much went hand in hand with the government so you'd have you know um sectarians murdered you would have people who believed in the wrong version of christ murdered yeah so religion whether... and religions and exactly exactly and obviously that came from at least in the uk sense that would have come from the crown as well so mm-hmm. you have the uh, the odd split of Obviously, we go back to Henry VIII, for instance. He split from the church so he could, or he split from the Roman Catholics purely so he could uh, divorce his wife and fuck other people. Yeah, and that's a a great example of a really powerful person using um, some sort of form of belief system and religious system to get his own benefits. Exactly. And then that obviously then led into um, him sort of murdering catholics burning them or beheading them or hanging them however he did and then mm-hmm. the same goes then for uh, mary after that and then elizabeth like yeah. we never had that sort of power structure where religion was the all-being we've got to bow down to that alongside yeah yeah, yeah like, exactly um but so i think that's why we can look at religion now and sit there and go well it seems almost absurd that you can preach one thing but not follow it it's yeah. almost it's almost like government in a microcosm so we can look at government and go that's absurd but people don't but it's harder to fight against that whereas you look at religion and it's an easy target to punch down on nowadays yeah but i think i do go back to i think it's just easier to be more critical of someone who is of anyone like if, if you take it down to a normal level it's easier to turn around and pick on someone who is so certain they're right when you look at them and know they're wrong or think they're wrong a government is always a rolling project and th- that's the whole point of a party system it's never saying it's ultimately correct and right that's why we get to vote on it it's a it's a constant project that's always developing and evolving the difference is religion is religion claims to be correct and claims to have it exactly how it should be well it claims it's, to have it's, the it claims to have the ultimate answer from point zip doesn't it that's the yeah thing. and and, it, and it's not claiming it, and it's not saying it's a it's not saying it's developing or it's project even though religion has developed and and changed i mean the average person at least who follows religion um any form of religion nowadays doesn't follow it uh, as 
no no that's that's a broad statement to say a lot of people don't follow religion as strictly or their religions as strictly as you would say 200 years ago or 300 years ago and because you're not threatened with death if you if you don't or, or something like that but well it's the great irony is if and you know this is gonna be a horrible thing to say now i reckon but you i tend to see it most when people pass away and people come out and say well you know he's up in heaven now but it's okay well if you believe in heaven in this instant surely you must believe in heaven and hell if that's where you're getting your doctrines from yeah you go out there and you know you'll have sex with a person who's not your wife or whatever or your husband um you'll touch pig skin that kind of thing so well surely if you believe in that thing it's a cognitive dissonance it is well it's just picking and choosing when it applies to you or makes you feel better yeah yeah exactly and And which which of course not everyone does and and we do know that uh, i i know people personally that do follow religion religiously um and they live their life by it and that's absolutely you know i'm not being critical on that i'm just saying there's enough people out there that don't that cause issues like what this album speaks about yeah i used to be methodist did you i never knew that yeah well it was (laughs) it's very short-lived it was when i was about it would have been like when i first started school Mm. and so because we've got a methodist church up where i am and we would do i was part of the choir which if you heard my singing voice you know that that's <laughs> if they listen to that episode or this episode sorry then they know my singing voice is perfect for a choir because it gets yeah. masked by everyone else um so it was only about six or seven or so and then i realized that it was all bollocks <laughs> <laughs> i was precocious young talent um but it was the fact of like we have to go in and sing these hymns and that really annoyed me so yeah yeah fair every assembly as well so even though we're not we're not necessarily a strict Christian country in the way we used to be. We still have these elements. We do have there. these. We have tradition, and people people look really fondly on tradition, even if they don't believe in what tradition means. I mean, like, I know so many people that aren't religious that that are still obsessed with their wedding day and wearing a white dress and everything like that. And all of that's tradition. I mean, and it's actually tradition built in really horrible stuff. I mean, if you think about why a woman has to wear a white dress. And if you go into the history of that, it's actually quite like morbid. Well, it's to signify people, that she's a virgin, isn't it? It is. And then it obviously would get stained and whatnot and or they're pure and stuff. And the whole, uh, you know, like we're getting onto a different thing now, but the whole idea of marriage, of passing on property um, and whatnot. And I know marriage. No, not at all. And I know I know people like love the idea of it. And because they love the party, they love the spectacle of it. And they will wear a white dress because of the tradition of it. And they will do marriage because of the tradition of it. And I do understand as well. It's fucked. But in our country as well, there's the legal standpoint of it as well, which is, uh, you know, a, a relationship is more financially secure if you're married. And there are more financial options available to you if you're married. That is the only reason I would get married, which sounds fucked and it sounds hypocritical. Like, why would you buy into something you don't believe in? But that's the way our country is built. Um, I think I would pretty much only do it if the person I was with and I loved really wants to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd only sell out myself for a person I love. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not I like and it, it sounded like I was really anti-marriage then. I'm not anti-marriage. I just I'm not I'm not bothered about the idea of getting married it's nothing on my mind if I was with someone who really wanted to and they expressed why and I believed in it then I was like yeah sure we'll do it 
I'm just saying that it's I un, I'm not saying I have untapped knowledge that other people don't know that all of this stuff you can just Google. But you I'm do just it for them to make feel good rather than doing it for your own appeasement. Completely. And and uh, like I'm just saying that the idea of marriage, if you actually just do a quick Google and realize what marriage marriage stands for, what it means and the traditions in place, you start to look at it in a more critical view. And that's the same with almost anything that we hold dear as tradition. Um, well, and our, traditions our, our, have slaves. Completely. And, you know, like we should always reevaluate traditions, but some people don't like to. And some people like to hold on to things. But you've got to look at why you're holding on to things. Are you holding it on to, for your own aesthetic benefit or are you holding on because it's actually something you really purely believe in? And how well, deep do those beliefs go in? It's why the monarchy's never been abolished completely tradition that we have a monarchy and i don't understand that either yeah so like so the uk is steeped in tradition and most of those traditions actually people don't realize do have really religious connotations so it is still a massive part of our culture um even it's just though it's not as overt it's yeah it's just not as in your face i mean and, and most people just don't actually class themselves as christian or or any form of religion a- anymore i mean loads of people do still get christened but, um, oh, I think I think in terms of like uh, census now, we're still listed as a white Christian nation, effectively. Yeah, completely. I think I know more. I think most people I know are christened. Um, were I'm, you? No, you I, I, no, no. My dad Nothing. is. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but again, I through school we were uh, brought up as Methodist rather than Roman Catholic. Yeah. So I, I was brought up uh, in my school. I went to a Church of England school. Yeah, so similar sort of thing where christening then doesn't really happen. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like it's in our it's in our systems. Like most schools, unless you go to now a private school uh, or not even a private school, but like a privately funded school or an independent school. Um, you know, I mean that's changed in the last ten years or so. I don't think my little sister has to pray when she goes to school or anything like that. But is I your, have to pray. Is your sister in secondary or primary? At the she's moment? in secondary now. But what I mean is when she went to when primary, primary. I, don't th- I don't think she had to pray when she was in primary. Yeah, we um, used to. It was every um, every assembly in the morning, wasn't it? You'd have we, to. We had to pray twice a day in my school, in my primary school. Yeah, I think we did it in the morning and in the afternoon before we left. Yeah, yeah. And same, you'd have yeah. to sit there and go, you know, our father, blah, blah, blah. Although, oddly, yeah, we, even though, like, our school didn't really have a particular identity as to which version of Christianity it was, because even though we're then going and doing choir in a Methodist church, we were doing um, the Lord's Prayer from Catholicism. Yeah, I mean, it's our Father uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, obviously it's... some, some, but that's again some. This is what I'm, I'm talking about, like different sects, and not just different sects, but within different regions of the country of different sects, are more strict than others and practice it more, more one of a better phrase, religiously than and the others. I also I understand mean, that from our based on our experience, obviously we're sort of ragging on Christianity more than anything but it's the same for pretty much all religions apart from maybe sort of like taoism and things like that um, yeah when you go into taoism or buddhism and stuff like you can actually be a, uh, it's it becomes easier to be more lenient because there's a whole other aspect outside of organization like what like when i was talking about buddhism earlier there's 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 buddhism as a religion and there's also buddhism as a philosophy um yeah and if you look at Buddhism as a philosophy, I believe personally it can actually be really, really useful for the majority of people because it just teaches you a good way of thinking about things and living. Basically, 
based off of common sense and science science really as well um it's yeah it's not as calming your mind it's not as sort of as in your face of like if you do something wrong you're gonna die in a pit of fire well and it's yeah it's not claiming to to give you that's the biggest thing it doesn't give you any hope it just gives you useful practices if you look at buddhism as a philosophy it just gives you good practice with telling you you would get better results from scientific practice evidence it's not telling you or giving you false hope not false hope because that could be offensive it's not giving you hope of any kind that i would, I would go by false doing hope. Oh, okay yeah it's not giving you hope but of any kind telling you by doing this these th- great things will happen to you or can happen to you which which most religions i would say are completely based on i mean um i mean the best thing is as well is if we're proved wrong in the whole religion thing we don't have to face up and admit it because we'll be dead <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah we don't have to admit exactly. that we're wrong yeah it's i mean uh, like for me. yeah yeah completely and uh i think this this album touches a, a, a lot on it it does it in a very clever way because it's it's critical about religion from the perspective of a very religious man and i don't think this religious man is necessarily the preacher character of this he's not so far gone that he's completely unrelatable and you just look at him and go oh my god you're despicable i think he they managed to make a quite a three-dimensional realist realistic character in this story um, yeah it's not it's not it's not as though he's singing from the perspective of um uh, of, of a cult leader or anything i was thinking of um i think it's called bernard shaw who is a cardinal who um got moved i think it was from america and he got moved to the archdiocese in rome despite yeah. touching children yeah yeah it's, it's not this, that sort of level of this character is this character is much more in in the same vein as say your Anne widdicombs or something like that <laughs> Uh, yeah another useless bible basher <laughs> <laughs> but you can sort of go all oh, right i understand how Anne widdicombe functions as a human being in society and probably you could have a conversation with her and you understand it she's not completely disillusioned but also she's disillusioned enough that she runs on a different wavelength to the yeah. average person do you know what the funny thing is you pulling Anne widdicombe there is do you know how i found out about um cardinal bernard shaw it, how it was a I think it was a program called IQ. It was a debate about whether or not. I think I've seen this. Yeah, is it, about Stephen, is it Stephen Fry with it in there? As Stephen well? Fry and Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. That's very I can't, great. I can't remember what who I can't remember who the other preacher was now. Um, but it had Anne Widdicombe in another cardinal somewhere. Yeah. Um, who I think was from. He was. I think it was like he Ugandan was, or something like that. Yeah, day. he was definitely. He was from an African nation. I can't remember specifically where. I would and say that, Uganda because I think it's the most religious. Maybe, I think the most Christian. I mean, because what got brought up in that conversation is kind of what we're talking about. And we're not saying it's as bad in the UK, but it definitely just exists, which is something that got brought up in that conversation is the fact that they teach people um, in his society that the use of condoms um, could actually spread AIDS. And like, oh, uh, that also comes from uh, teachings from Mother Teresa as well. Uh, uh, yeah uh, exactly um so that's so, where you get into how how because people believe that and then people will stop wearing condoms and people will contract aids and that's that's where it becomes a real issue because all of those people who follow that preacher 
have good intentions and have their, their faith isn't hurting anybody until they've listened to one person who's told them something in confidence and because you believe them because they are representing something that you have a lot of faith in it's made you do something that actually can cause a lot of harm to a lot of people so just do a correction on uh, where the other guy was from he was um archbishop john onyekin he was from nigeria or he is from nigeria, nigeria. right yeah um so yeah he there were yeah religion is fucked is <laughs> the simple way of putting it yeah there's always a cognitive dissonance with these things of and the same goes it doesn't just apply to religion either it applies to pretty much any form of organization which All controls practice. people i think there's is, definitely like there's there's a, there's a right way of doing it it's just done in the wrong way so often everywhere well if you ever had your parents say you do as i say not as i do yeah that's it in a nutshell a lot of the time yeah i would say yeah majority of the time would be my yeah you on it but well um just out of curiosity then what uh religious sects have you if you read like cover to cover what religious texts have i read from cover mm. to cover um it depends what you class as a religious text i mean so i i got i i out of interest i got given a king james bible when yep. i was eight eight years old i asked for it for christmas and i, I wasn't interested in becoming christian at all but i had read enough of the stories to find the concept of it really interesting and i wanted to know what it had to say so i've read i believe I, it's been so long i'm not sure if i read it from cover to cover but i definitely read a lot of it um then i've also read paradise lost and divine comedy i don't know if they class as religious texts oh so yeah such. i mean um religious scripture then so yeah like the bible rather than paradise lost and divine comedy right so were... yeah so i've read i've read the bible i've read bits of the torah from what i understand um and i i know i know sects uh, like certain sections of the quran from my time in abu dhabi and everything and from uh, from various different people who practice that faith of what they've told me yeah so it's pretty much what i've read thanks i've done i've done the bible cover to cover i've done the Torah and the talmud cover to cover and i've oh, done and I, i've i've done actually sorry to, to backtrack as well i've done quite a bit of uh probably more so than the others actually I've, I've i've read quite a bit about the buddha and um, buddhism in general and a lot of um i suppose there's not much scripture there but there's a lot of um verbatim word for word from the buddha and whatnot and yeah yeah i think the other one for me is i've done the quran cover to cover um, really, yeah. yeah i got massively interested in theology when i left school mm. um but more in how how in a critical sense in yeah, a more in a critical sense, rather than I was going to become a theologian or uh, become a clergyman. But <laughs> the great, the great, the funny thing for me is, I'm just looking at my bookshelf, like where they are. Do you want to know? So I've got the the four of them all together because mm -hmm. it makes sense. But do you want to know what I've got either side of them? <laughs> What's that? One of them's really bad. The other one is just funny from sort of ironic sense so <laughs> the good one first is i've got uh, fear and loathing by hunter s thompson <laughs> okay yeah, uh, yeah which you know is drug use murder all of that kind of nonsense um the other side of it is mein kampf oh my goodness God. yeah yeah Jesus. which again i've read cover to cover and uh critically <laughs> critically read the shelf the shelf above it is all the christopher hitchens books yeah 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 <laughs> um shelf below it has a lot of chinese uh yeah a lot of ancient chinese uh like the four ancient chinese classics 
yeah. to the water margin, Romance of Three Kingdoms, blah, blah, blah. Also has Jurassic Park, which is something that is yeah. fair to, to be mentioned a lot of but times. But yeah, <laughs> and, uh, to, 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 be, to be completely clear on it as well, I didn't, when I got my King James Bible, Bible specifically, I didn't read it hoping personally i didn't read it hoping to be as critical as possible about it and be like yeah oh wow how stupid is this how stupid is that that's not how i believe i actually read those books because i was interested in what they had to say and i think there's a lot of this is where religion this is where i split faith and religion in a very clear sense to me because i think there's a lot of common sense written into these books that you can definitely get a lot of good out of but if and it's I think, common sense why do you need it written down and prescribed to you? Because it's not common sense when you're a child. Like this stuff, it's a good teaching element. I think. I think oh, you know not to commit a murder when you're a child. No, I know, but but there's it goes into way more depth than that. I mean, there, in there's theory, lot... the go- the golden rules are things that you don't have to teach a child. No, completely. I mean, but my point is, is like, you know, when my little sister was a young little girl. And she asked me why the sky is blue. Uh, I may come up with some imagery or metaphor or some sort of way of going. This is why the sky is blue. It's not factually correct. But later down the line, you will learn the facts and how it works actually. But this is a good basis to work from. So I think stories work well to a point. And then you get into the facts and the science behind it. And I think for for much of human history, before we had the scientific understanding, these stories did a really good job of helping people out. Um, and I think where it became where it became an issue, in my personal belief, and where it still becomes an issue, is when you get organisation involved and people are feeding your reading of the book and putting it through a certain lens. And that's where it becomes an issue. I think you can read these books and go, huh, that's an interesting take. This is what I get from it. And I either agree with that or I don't agree with that. But then when you get a lens in front of it that says everything in this book, word for word, is fact and also should be read and this way and understood as this way. That's when you're altering someone's faith or altering someone's understanding of something and shaping it into something that may not necessarily be wrong and could corrupt and has a high chance to be corrupted in itself. Well, I think you do raise a good point. The um, I tend to find the best way to view any sort of religious sex like that and even um, like old uh, Greek myths and things as well is they are stories to try and help people understand based on the knowledge they had then. Yeah, they're, they're moral stories, they're moral tales and and I, I think they still work as well for a lot of people. People still know. do it in language today. I mean, I, if I am trying to describe something to you, I may, like I just did, bring up, I may make up a story to make it clearer. And that's all it's doing is it, it's it, like you, you can get good stories um, from these books that clearly, that that can really help put a full stop on a point you're trying to make or or or, a, or an idea you're trying to get your head around. Yeah, I think the issue for me is I don't I don't believe it's good for moral teaching. I think it's only good as a basis to understand the science they had at the time. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that's where we can differ. I yeah. think I think even to this day, if I'm trying to talk about something like uh you know how someone should be treated if they've committed a certain crime and stuff like that 
I would most nine times out of ten, I would make up an analogy myself. But you could use these stories as an analogy in themselves. And sometimes they're still really useful as long as you're presenting them in the correct lens. The problem is, is that the way organization works is that they want you to view everything in these books <coughs> through their lens. I do and they like go, how- well, this I can I can read a sentence and go, well, this sentence could mean this. It could mean that. Whereas an organized religion will go, this sentence definitively does mean this. And I don't think that's useful. I just love the fact that you can sort of tell at what point they sort of went, ah, shit, right, well, we need our subjects to believe this instead. And then you get the New Testament. Yeah. It's quite a... That's a a completely different uh, faith when you get into New Testament. It It is a different way of thinking. So it's not as simple as they're revising it as such um i think it is i mean yeah yeah. i think you can look so you can make exceptions for say well not even the bible because the bible was stolen heavily from the torah and the talmud for the old testament yeah yeah completely stolen's the the wrong word because they didn't it's word for word no yeah yeah, but what i mean is 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 stolen is it was adopted yeah they, they knew perfectly well what they were doing like this isn't them going the Torah is wrong. This is correct. They are actually going, yeah, no, we believe in the Torah, but we, we just have some difference in opinions in it. That's like saying the Quran, because the Quran fully acknowledges the existence of the Bible and the Torah and also agrees with it. But what the, the Quran turns around and says is we think they lost their way in the teaching of it. So Again, though, this we're is... going back to what we believe was the right and most traditional way of doing it. But they all I... acknowledge each other's existence. They don't say that the no religion, as far as I understand it, says that the other text is wrong. They but say they are preached that. No, they preach that the understanding of each text is wrong. Well, That's where ask... it differs. I think if you were to ask, say, a preacher, a preacher rather in the deep south of America, let's say. They'll tell you that the Bible is 100% correct and all the other books are wrong. Oh, yeah. That's, no, yeah, that's yeah, what but... I mean, sorry, is they, the adopting of it is, I think you're being too, I think you're letting him off with too much. No, yeah, So, but you're talking about uh, a specific preacher. I'm talking about the, the organisations as a whole. I think the organisation, for example, okay, so sorry, tra- sorry, sorry if anyone finds it offensive for, for calling it an organisation or whatever, but the, for example, the organisation of Catholicism, doesn't reject the torah the organization the pope they would say yes it does yes we had early beliefs on judaism but what we say is correct and what they say is wrong no but the, my point is is they acknowledge yes we had early beliefs of judaism that's what i'm you getting can, at yeah you can acknowledge the test you can acknowledge the texts exist but they do all proclaim to have the ultimate answer and that the but, others are wrong but, but they still acknowledge the fact that they were developed from a previous religion is what my point oh, yeah but if I were to walk into, say, the local shop down here. Yeah, the average and, and, person doesn't think that. No, 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 so if I, no. no, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say oh. if I was to walk into a shop, to, the, my local shop, and steal a Cadbury's cream egg. Mm-hmm. And yeah, walk out of it, not pay for it and everything. They still got a bunch of cream eggs, but I've got my own cream egg. This is my cream egg. Mm. It's that kind of mentality of, yes, we have stolen this, but they are wrong. Yeah, but again, they, they didn't steal it. It's, it's going, it's basically, it's me and you reading the same same sentence, having two different understandings of it, and me going, I don't believe in your understanding, so I'm going to go with what I believe. I, I agree with that in terms of um, 
the splitting them between Catholicism, Church of England, uh, Lutheranism and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe that in terms of the split between religions as a whole. So split between Christianity, uh, Judaism, uh, Islam, all of those are split on the basis that they are the ultimate one. Elsewise, you would just happily believe in all of those. Whereas no, but, history- I, but I think if you're obviously the average person doesn't do this. But I think if you go into the higher ups, like the scholars of these sects or the actual organizations themselves, um, I do think that they 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 acknowledge the fact of the existence of the other books and they acknowledge the fact that all they're saying is is that like for example the Quran like scholars of the Quran would say no yeah we do believe in the Bible and we do believe in the Torah but what we don't believe is the teachings from them and the way people have lost their way that's why we have the Quran which brings us back to how we think that religion began and how it was supposed to be taught I think they're saying the same thing pretty much but, but they, I think, they, I think we're saying it different ways. I'm just harder it, than you are. Yeah, I, I think because I think it's it's wrong. You're saying it in the average day, the average person's point of view, which is yeah, the average. No, 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 I'm, is, I'm saying it as organisational. No, so, no, no. But what I'm saying is, is like, uh, is sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But um, what I'm saying is, okay. is yeah, the the average person would again be like, yeah, well, they stole this and they did this and they're wrong, and that's true. And that's what the majority of uh, maybe not the majority, but a lot of religious people do believe that. But I think it if you go the higher up you go, the more understanding, the, the more convincing of these people you talk to will acknowledge and go, look, yes, it's it's the same. They acknowledge it's the same faith. They acknowledge it's monotheism. They acknowledge that they're all worshipping a God. And that is probably all the same God. But we're acknowledging that we believe they just praise that God and and their faith based upon that God is the wrong way of doing it. And we believe ours is the correct way. But I'm still hung up on the fact that you won't say it's stolen. Because <laughs> it's not it's, stolen. It's, it's adapted. It's not stolen. It's adapted. And they so acknowledge it, it's adapted. So if I were to play, if I were to record a song. We'll bring it back to music for a minute. <laughs> if, I were to, if I were to record a song and say it's the same riff as Whole Lot of Love, but rather than just add, um, you know, the I think it's the D or the A note, whatever it is in there. So on the I'll go down, down, and bend it instead. I've adapted their riff, but I've stolen it completely. But that's what that's what these are. That's not what they. Right, right. I'll, I'll put it i'll put history down in my understanding in a really simple way of it and then <laughs> i think i i think uh, I, at risk of sounding really offensive to someone but this is my understanding oh it's okay so, i'm i will be more offensive in a minute it's yeah. fine I, if, my, you, <laughs> if, you lay, if you lay it out like this it doesn't sound stolen it just sounds like like so you have your judaism which goes for years and years and years based off essentially the same text as what christians now believe is the the old testament it, it's essentially this, the same thing sorry yeah. if that offends anyone but i think most people can acknowledge i mean there's even same characters so <laughs> um you get that and then at a certain it's like point, a reboot yeah yeah <laughs> and then you get that and at a certain point you get jesus and jesus comes along and preaches uh, uh you know in the the sort of uh, the turkey sort of area in that area of the world and preaches well, it's and, Eastern, wasn't it 
yeah yeah yeah, and preaches and says that there, there is like there is more to the story there is more knowledge there is more um that needs to be learnt and needs to be taught and people have lost their way and whatnot and then they people jesus dies and uh his um followers the 12 disciples they preach forward this form of religion and it, it acknowledges the previous ones but also goes yo there's also more to be had and added and a load of people follow christianity because they're like well yeah that we've learnt more now and a load of people don't because they don't acknowledge that because obviously maybe he's a false preacher or maybe he was claiming to be more important than he did that's up for debate anyway you get hundreds of years in the future or some well debatably thousands of years in the future and then religion has shifted and changed and you know uh, people have started to uh, eat more foods and stuff like that because the other thing big difference with christian and for example say judaism is the amount of food you can eat the amount of liberties you can have that obviously plays into it as well so people go oh i'm going to join this adapted one because it becomes a bit easier lifestyle for me holding my hands up and sorry if that offends anyone but that's the way history looks at it and then you go a thousand years or so in the future and some people are getting really uncomfortable with the idea of how both previous religions of this same monotheistic religion have changed over time and how they've become more organizational how more money has got funneled some places if you look at the catholic church and whatnot and they go well this isn't the way it originally was supposed to be had and started we're going to create our religion again and so you get islam and islam acknowledges both the old testament and the new testament jesus is a character in the quran but he's a preacher and they go back to you know what we're going to go back to the basics and we're going to go this is what god told muhammad well no sorry angel gabriel tells muhammad yo religion's lost its way but this is what god did say and this is the way it should be can you please bring it back to basics it's what angel gabriel says in a more modern day speak and they go yeah get back to the start yo and they go yeah we're going to do that we're going to become stricter again we're going to restrict what we eat again because that is what god intended and we're going to go back to the way it should have been we acknowledge all of that's happened since and we acknowledge jesus christ and we acknowledge these preachers and we acknowledge that what they're saying may or may not be correct and we're going to take all of that into account but also live our lives in the way that we believe god said word for word is the way it's supposed to be spoken if you look at it through the lens of history like that that's not stolen that's in some cases adaptive or just acknowledging a change and in some cases going no i'm not acknowledging this change and then in other cases reverting because they feel like it's lost its way it's all adapting from the same thing and i'm sorry so, if people find that offensive but that is how history says these religions came about it's cool i'm about to put my position forward now and i'm going to be more offensive because okay. mine's a harsher look at it so i agree we're looking at it through the lens of history yeah. i think i think history shows it on a slightly different track i think you're basing it on religions trying to catch up with how people are doing things i think it's different i think it's how the organization um you know whether it be say a monarchy like ourselves or you know however things were set up in previous times how they were trying to get their citizens to be mm-hmm. so rather than the change coming from the people the change is coming from the organizations that's how i view it so judaism i think was created to try and give them that was probably created more down to how the people were purely because i at least in terms of western texts 
I mean, it's hard, it's, it's harder in the lens of history to pinpoint the origins of Judaism in general because it's exactly stupidly ancient. Mm-hmm. So I view it like this, and this is more. This is probably because I'm more influenced by Christopher Hitchens than anybody else on the subject. Mm. Is so Judaism that worked for that population at that time? Other population or another government, they want to bring in how they see order. So they put what they want in there. And then you have the New Testament and you have Christianity. And then the same goes then for Islam or uh, you know, the Muslim faith. Is you then have, again, a different section of people with a different leader. They want their people to be this way. So they then steal what they've got from the past. Mm. Write a new text to fit it. They're not doing anything. It's not adapting and saying, oh, well, we think they're wrong because of this. It's more, we but want it's to not, power our people in this way. I was going to say, it's not stealing because they already have it. Well, no, it depends where... It depends. They may already have it, but then they're then stealing it for their own purposes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's where I'm harsher with it, if that makes sense. And it's more I get where you're coming from. And in your, in, your, in your story here is when you're talking about these leaders, you're talking about, say, the disciples and stuff like that. Because... Oh, I would be more Christianity, kind of... Christianity specifically, uh, when that came about, that came more grassroots from the lower classes. Like there was no, not really more... an organization at the time. Well, obviously not when it was first around. Um, but I would be more. I think I'd be more generous and not call it ceiling if it was by the same teachers, let's say. Whereas I think that's it's... so ancient though. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's a clear. Deli- you can tell by the way the world is divided up nowadays there's a clear sort of pattern of we're using it to fit our own needs rather than we're using it to help our population completely i get you so that's where i go with stealing because i think for something that causes a lot of chaos and a lot of rubbish you should use harsher terms for it but yeah i mean i mean it's a semantic argument isn't it rather than completely and i would agree if you want to look at say oh right well for some reason our catholic church situates itself in italy which genuinely speaking you know historically had fuck all to do with any of the beginning of any of this and the Um, the mafia yeah it's a bit (laughs) weird how you've managed to yes steal that take all of that bring it over to the west where it would be more financially profitable up a debate i mean but that you know that's how history says it (laughs) yeah and i just think it's uh, yeah people using it for their own needs is where we end up here but a lot of our argument is based purely kingdoms. on... I mean, you can look at a map and go, well, this area of the world is more Islamic. This area of the world is more Christian. You know, they, they made their own kingdoms and money has to be involved with that and whatnot. And obviously it becomes difficult when politics gets involved as well, because if you look at Islam and all of those countries, they base their whole political systems and the ways that they run their countries off of their beliefs and... There's one thing that pulls religion There's one thing that pulls Christianity apart in my eyes. Mm. Out of all the animals that are put on Noah's Ark, none of them are kangaroos. No, I know. Who said that? It's Jim Jeffries, isn't it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well remembered. I love Jim uh, Jeffries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim Jeffries is awesome. Um but yeah, it's sort of like you can tell based on the knowledge they had at the time it was written for that particular population rather than this is how the world is and it's spoken to us from god because god would know australia was there 
is yeah. it convenient that he's just not telling anybody or <laughs> is he hiding it? it's like this is a dangerous place it's full of bad spiders it's got fucking wandering spiders which will leap at you in the well, no, but this this is where the the age-old excuse for racism and slavery and discrimination came about because exactly the idea is if they weren't involved god made it that way for a reason so they are lesser human beings which is where it you know that we get into more political and right. i'm gonna win us some supporters here now we've been extremely mm-hmm. harsh on religion mm-hmm. we've said well in some religious sects will probably be very controversial views yeah however so when we talk about this is going back in the thing a little bit now when we're talking about the idea of um people preaching against the use of condoms things like that and saying that that's an empowerment of the nation mm-hmm. no the only the only way to empower nations like that is not through banning condoms it's through one thing and one thing only and thank you christopher hitchens again i will be stealing this from you it is the empowerment of women mm-hmm. that's it's, fact in that's known historical facts throughout the whole of history it is indeed that nations so, thrive exactly and you've seen the same clip i have obviously <laughs> that was well and there's debate. strong and there's strong debate i'm going to go back and be very offensive again there's strong debate that part of the reasons why they will preach something like condoms could spread aids specifically to all girls schools in these oh, no, African it'd be, it'd countries be condoms are bad not condoms yeah condoms spread aids sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, potentially to suppress the um advancement of women in these regions for that exact reason well, and I, I, and i'm not and 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 for anyone listening as well i'm not saying that as um when i talk about talking to all women's schools and stuff like that i'm saying that from first-hand experience i went to Tanzania with a couple school friends when I was younger and I had to witness a religious debate between an all-girls school and an all-guys school and this is some of the stuff that came up and what they're very specifically preaching to women young women um who are you know going to take these beliefs forward and they're all very very religious which is absolutely fine but the way they're being taught it does not empower them and it in fact does the opposite well, yeah, it's the same. And this, but to go back as well, this was like a decade ago. Things may have, you know, differed slightly. Well, I think this goes back to at least my core belief, and I'm assuming at least some of your core belief, is people should just be equal. Oh, the equality, the equality of people is the thing that everybody should be striving for. Yeah. So, and and at the moment, obviously, the fire is mainly with the Black Lives Matter movement, and I hope yeah. that continues. I hope people continue pushing that button completely a hundred percent and and uh also to make some clarity on that as well because this is something um going a bit off topic and i will go back to religion in a second as well but, we'll go um, back to the album at some point <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well no because the, the thing is is uh, this, this is a theology this, pod this, no but the point is is we've gotten to this discussion from this album and this is the yeah. exact kind of discussion that this album and gavin clark is trying to make um throughout this entire album he's definitely fighting with a lot of faith and there is some you can tell he's sympathetic towards it as well. And I was about to say, like, to make it clear and not be completely anti-religious, um, when we talk about religion in the lens of history, and we're talking about a lot about ancient history, and yes, we're talking a lot about, you know, it may have been, we may have mentioned once or twice of, yeah, and that worked for the time, but it doesn't necessarily work now. Now, of course, these texts and these religions are ancient and old, and they never knew how the advancement of society would go. And oh, okay. there's yeah uh, but th- th- that doesn't make them wrong either though because there is strong argument 
for a lot of our advancements and a lot of the ways we have shifted to society are really bad from for us as a you know an an animal species um uh i mean i would debate you know we go back to it earlier but we've managed to create bombs we also have the internet which is you know very debatable as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing and uh in a lot of ways the simplicity or the values that some of these religions hold about the way you should live your life outside of these virtual means or these technical technological means are very healthy very very are very healthy and should be taken on board my counterpoint um, to that then just quickly apart from stuff like medicine and stuff i wasn't gonna say medicine actually i was gonna go um purely from i've forgotten what counterpoint was now <laughs> <laughs> um so you're saying that how much of that though is less about the advancement of society in terms of what they wanted and more just because that's what they had at the time no but i, I i'm i would i would couch it all based in history so if that's the way their settlements were at the time yeah then of course they're going to write about it from that perspective because Completely. they want people to be cowed into that sector Completely. Uh, but what I mean is, again, yeah, that's what was useful at the time. And that's probably why it was developed. But what I'm talking about outside of organized religion, where people find their faith in religion, there's a lot of use in it. And uh, there's a lot of use in your mental health if you do believe in those things. I sometimes have um, like gone through a phase where I wish I was religious um, because of the mental health values. I think it could give sometimes um I, i'm not going to knock faith of any kind but i think me and you differ in this but um the oh, value, <laughs> yeah the values the values of my in my opinion the values of faith and how that can translate into a practical way of living again outside of virtualized disenfranchised um capitalism um is very useful and very valuable and i think we could have a lot more of it i do think there's a world a perfect world that, that does exist where you have technical te technological advancement and faith and an, a, a, an understanding of it that is mature and not um uh you know forced in any way um where people who are religious can be around people who aren't and we all just respect the faiths and stuff. It, the reason why that becomes so difficult is how these organizations make decisions and preach in ways that actually impact negatively on a lot of people's lives. And I think that is, in, is something that can be get, gotten rid of. Yeah, I'd agree to that the most extent. I think with the mental health aspect, I, I've never had that moment, that sort of come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Like where I've even at my worst when i've been at my most suicidal when i've literally been sat there with all my pills in my hand ready to take them yeah i, I mean neither have I've i never... like i like i said i wish I, i've gone through moments where i wish that would happen to me that i suddenly just went, clicked and went yo i believe in this but of course i can lie to myself i don't yeah i've never even had that moment where i wish that i believed in it right right because i i always view it as i think it's because i do view it strongly as um I want to say enemy is a strong word. I do view it as, yeah, an enemy of the populace, really. Mm. It goes back to, do I want to live in a dictatorship or not? If I believe in religion, then inherently I'm believing that I want to be in a dictatorship. There's one guy at the top, he tells me all the rules. Yeah. And that's something I could never bring myself to believe or want to believe. <coughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, even at my worst, I've been sat there and like, 
I know that if I die, I go back to nothingness. And I think a lot of religion, the fact that people have the faith is because they want the comfort in something. There is something after when in reality we are basically just specks of dust in the cosmic viewing of things. Yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. die. We're going to fade. We're not going to be remembered. Yeah. Tough. I think- I think what I'm getting at a little bit when I talk about the values of it is, is, and I can relate this again to what I was going to say about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, is how organisations or how the average person can look at an organisation and their view of that organisation can distort the value of something. And the, <laughs> so the, the <laughs> that's noise. I just so, went, I don't know if that was a cough or a breath that's supposed to be coming out, but I inhaled it. <laughs> that's okay. So one thing that I've noticed a lot recently, and I've gotten into discussions with family members or friends of family uh, and whatnot, is, um, you know, we've all heard it. People turn around and go, well, yeah, black lives matter, but what about all lives matter? And genuinely, I think what's happening with these people, it's a fucking stupid statement, but what's happening with these people is they're looking at Black Lives Matter through an organization lens, and that's ruining the value. Um, And what's not helping is the media. So basically, the media portray it as the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's centered towards African-Americans or, in general, um, black people all over the world. And, And that's where the coverage is. So the average person turns around and goes, oh, well, yeah, but what about these lives, these lives, these lives? And I've had interesting conversations with people who've gone, well, no, I completely understand that. But what I'm also talking about is what about Indian lives? What about Islamic lives in the West? What about, um, you know, gay rights and everything like that? And what people don't realise is at all of these protests, those people are there being represented as well. Uh, There's one great rebuke to that whole thing of what it's all lives matter or it's all about gay lives or lgbtq plus and all that kind of nonsense i'm not saying lgbt lgbtq plus is nonsense but i just mean like yeah. that whole general thing of like well yeah but why are we even talking about black lives the instant rebuke i can't remember whose quote this is or that i'm paraphrasing now but imagine so imagine there's a fire at a house next door yeah you need to put out that fire you don't go to the fireman and say well can you do my house my house yeah. isn't on fire. Yeah, Their exactly. House is. You've got to deal with what's there. No, yeah, and that's true. That's but... the thing. Like, trans rights is a massive thing at the moment. We've seen a lot of people get um, hung and quartered by certain sections of the community, mostly on Twitter, because of their views on uh, trans rights. And they're framing the debate as women's rights versus trans rights, which is a debate I'm not fucking knowledgeable enough or skilled enough to get into. Yeah. I don't know where I stand on any of that. It's not something that directly affects me, and that's selfish, I know. Yeah. But, um, but again, it goes back to that thing: you just believe in equality. Just believe Completely. that people should but, be equal. But, but what what I was getting at in terms of the organisation side of things is that people aren't understanding. Because I have heard people, that when, when I've heard some people that when they're saying yeah, but all lives matter, they're not talking about white people and everything like that. But they are talking about what about lgbt representation and everything like that and what i was trying to get at in terms of the organization side of things is that the media have put it in a lens that black lives matter is an organization that is only centered around black lives and that's not true because well it's the same with antifa as well like these things aren't actually organizations no well yeah one they're not organizations but two even if you were going to put them as an organization then it's not being covered that they are completely for gay rights they're completely for um 
Islamic rights. They're completely for and, and all of these people are being represented there at these protests. If you go to these protests, there's a load of different flags being waved and there's a load of different banners out there and there's a load of different chants. And it's a lot of togetherness and it's a lot about equality. Yes, it's being called Black Lives Matter because that one, that's how it started. And two, that is a very, very prominent issue worldwide. Um, of course, um, and y- yeah, maybe, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It seems difficult and it seems like uh, all of these people who are also minorities are getting pushed aside, but they're actually not. It's the media doing that. And the thing is, in if you were going to make this um, uh, Black Lives Matter an organization, you're, there's a lot of value in it. The value is, is that they're gonna talking about equality and they're talking about all forms of equality of every kind. Yes, it has a name, Black Lives Matter, but it's, it's talking about all forms of equality of every kind. The value is being missed because of the or uh, the the way the organization is being represented. Represented, sorry. And like, <laughs> I wish religion would help you with your language. Yeah, there. and that's <laughs> what I'm, and that's and that's what I'm talking about when I talk about religion as well. Is religion is tainted because of the lens of the organization that heads it but within those organizations there is a lot of good there's a lot of value there are some good things that these things these organizations do and there are some amazing people that do follow these organizations the problem is is the 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 that doesn't escape from the fact that like you've got to stop viewing it as an organization you've got to also look at all of you've got to separate you know the good follower who is by no means meaning to do anything wrong and actually does a lot of good on a day-to-day basis and the guy at the top who is hoarding all the money and everything like that that's my stance well i think that's why i think that's why discussion is based around organized religion it's not based around just the people it's based around the exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about when I uh, talking about. Yeah, I've I've got faith and yeah, and I've got no religion. hatred for people who believe in Christianity, who follow it and preach and all that. That's not my issue. My issue is the way it's organised. But it goes back to, I I think I just think and yeah, and I don't mean that to reflect and I don't mean that to reflect badly as a counterpoint on the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't think that's organised terribly or anything like that. I believe the organisations who are doing the media coverage are putting them in a box that is representing them in a very well, I think when we very say media way. I think when we say media as well, it's one of the odd things where usually you can pinpoint and go where it's left media or it's right wing media. But oddly it's both sides of the debate are framing it as the Black Lives Matter movement. This is the organization. It's it's not an organization though, it's just people coming together because they believe in equality. Yeah. That's the and, bottom line. And it just it just so happens that um that one slogan um, is the cool. one that it's, it's, it's caught on. It's got the most coverage in both very great positive ways and in both annoying negative ways. The problem is it, the media it, put, done. it does put a target on their back. And if you watch, say, sort of like Fox News or you watch you know, whatever in the UK, it does present a target they can kick. Completely. And it's easy to manipulate. And the thing is, a lot of people have missed out on the irony of these slogans. The point is, is you're supposed to look at them I mean, so, for example, if I held up a sign saying the Holocaust was bad, people are supposed to look at that and go, well, yeah, duh. You're supposed to look at that and go, yeah, of course it is. The 
and 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 anybody who believes that would go why would you even have to fly that flag the point is is that there's a load of people that would look at it and go actually well, what about no, the Kmart Rouge? exactly and that's the issue is if you're looking at the black lives matter slogan and going well hang on in any sense if you're if you, in any kind of sense for a second do you, if you hesitate when you look at that banner then you're part of the issue and the the banner's ironic you're supposed to look at it and go well yeah duh and we want the whole world to go well look at it and go well yeah duh the problem is is so many people don't and I hate to say it, but even if you're someone who supports the movement, but even slightly questions it, then you need to do some internal reflection. You need to look at it and go, well, what is it that made you hesitate for a second? You may not be an inherently racist person, but do you have something in you that gave you a little bit of doubt? And does that need to be checked on a little bit? Well, yeah, so like I said earlier, it's the reflection of things. Like, personally, my belief is purely equality. We need to be yeah. trying to strive for an equal society. It doesn't matter yeah. whether or not it impacts me. Yeah. Also, uh, economically if you, badly. But also, if you if you flew a banner saying that, um, it wouldn't get any coverage and it doesn't get any sort of controversial or any sort of um attention. If I just flew a banner saying, "Love everybody," you know, no one gives a shit about that. You've got to pinpoint these issues. Love everybody, unless they're a cunt. <laughs> i'm expecting nobody to love me um yeah. but i'm gonna end it i'm gonna end it on one point then so going back to the religious part of it it's an old question that chris richens used to do which mm. is can you name a moral act that can only be done under the name of religion but can you name an immoral act that can only be that uh how have i got the question right That'd be a good start. <laughs> but it's basically saying like can you name any good act that only christians can do or only religious people can do not sectarians like myself but can you name immoral acts that only religious people can create and persecute completely and unfortunately that's the way it is but the problem is we like going back onto <laughs> going back onto topics slightly favorite songs favorite songs and um one thing we, we to quickly touch on before we get to favorite <laughs> songs is um is uh the, the, this album has forced this discussion which is the right thing to do like that that's the sort of thing that gavin clark was looking to get with these sort of discussions you should definitely listen to the album it definitely makes you think obviously we had a lot to think about and wanted to vent off of our chests um, i think it's mostly because i want to get us back on subjects i need to yeah. piss at some point but yeah 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 completely <laughs> but also it's out, almost three out, hours out, outside of the outside of the deep messages of the album it also is very musically great and very sonically lovely as well oh it um, sounds it sounds so like it does sound we're talking now, about the like, album now yeah. yeah the point is we're talking about stuff that the album wanted us to talk about um i also just want to let people know it's also a really lovely sounding album <laughs> it's a fantastic sounding album i like the way i was thinking of it earlier it's like if ne if neil gaiman wrote an album yeah, 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 completely. It's got that sort of dark tint around it, but in the end, it's lovely. It's yeah. all lovely. And obviously, the subject matter very, very deep and personal and important. But <laughs> you're going to find it ironic in a minute when you know what my favourite song is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think I can guess your favourite song. Go on. But it was between two. Okay. And I don't know. So I was either going to, I was initially, my, my initial choice was uh, going to be No One Will Ever Know. 
is a, what I thought your favourite song was. Is no. that right? Nope. So then the other one I was going to say is God's Song. Yes. Yes, God's Song. Damn okay. it, you are on fucking fire. Yeah, I'm good. I, I know the shit. You're good at this. Shit. I'm not as good at this. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it, I'm going to say no one will ever know is yours. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. In fact, in fact, both of them that I just said are my are my two personal <laughs> favorites in the album as well. Um, well, God's song to go back to the Indelicates. Part of the reason I loved it is if you ever listen to I Am Koresh from the David Koresh Superstar album, mm-hmm. the way they the way he sings or the way the lyrics flow is very very similar, and right. so it just grabbed me. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, one thing to make one thing to make a point on actually is Gavin Clark's vocals themselves are great on this album. Like he's, mm. he, he was an excellent singer and he had a lot of great ways of playing around with his voice. And in God's song specifically, when it crescendos and he's just screaming like a preacher, a really passionate one of those preachers that you see on TV out of America sort of thing. Um, there's a lot you can tell he had a lot of passion about this project. And it, it, he it's similar to the album we were talking about earlier on this podcast, which feels like a year ago. Um yeah, it, it, like her, he he um, plays around with his voice and 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 just does some excellent stuff with it on this album. It's really good. Yeah, I think um, I think as well, the comparison to John Frusciante for me from Empyrean is big because I'm a massive John Frusciante fan. One of yeah. my favorite musicians of all time. So to hear any any album that sounds like any of his stuff makes me happy. Yeah, even yeah, if it's yeah. solo stuff, not his chilly stuff. But also that goes into two drum as well because uh, John Frusciante went into electronic music heavily. Yeah. Over the past few years, um, is it like Letter Le Fur, I think his first one's called? But it also his stuff with Trick Pony and that as well. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Fair. So see, I know I know some stuff. There I'm not go. a big fan of that stuff, but I know. Some <laughs> stuff. I'm more a fan of just John Frusciante solo or with Josh Klinghoffer. Well, I'm glad you is... enjoyed this one, man. I did. It was good. It was as it turned out. I shouldn't have worried too much about whether or not the episode would be interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>